With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, you're listening to Cougar Sports with Ben Crittle, and it's time for a Cougar Insider Report. Now let's get that proprietary inside scoop on Cougar Sports from Criddle. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Criddle broadcasting live from our Les Schwab Tire Studios, leschwab.com. Get your safety check, your free pre-trip safety check performed today at leschwab.com. We want you to drive safe. You have local access to world-class quality at leschwab, leschwab.com. World, uh, worldwide selection of, of tires, wheels, and accessories. Hardworking employees who love what they do. Check it out today. It is time for a Cougar Insider Report, and it's going to be brought to you by Fat Daddy's Pizzeria, fatdaddiespizzeria.com. If you haven't tried the Fat Daddy's, G-Man is, uh, is uh, exhorting you to try the Fat Daddy's. It's pizza made right, New York City style, fatdaddiespizzeria.com. You can mention ESPN 960, get eight free garlic, nut, garlic nuts with your purchase. They have two locations now, 223 West Center Street in Provo, 93 South Street in Orem. It's one-of-a-kind pizza, and it's a one-of-a-kind type of place. G-Man, your thoughts on the Fat Daddy's? I love everything about Fat Daddy's Pizza. I love the atmosphere you go in. It's got an 80s motif. How do you went over Gertie? Anything 80s. That, that, that's what I'm all about. The service is exceptional. They're always friendly and all that. That's not even the best part. Best part is that pizza. That pizza, oh, oh, it's just a different level of pizza. I, I, I went in there, I thought, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be an elevated Papa John's type. No, 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 no. It, it, it's like a totally different class. It, 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 it's so delectable. I've never had a bad meal there. It's fantastic. I don't go there enough. I want to go there every day, Fat Addie's Pizza. Love it. Uh, I've said it many times. You've nailed it with your food sponsors on this show, Criddle. Appreciate that. Mention ESPN 960 and get your eight free garlic knots at Fat Daddy's, Fat Daddy's Pizzeria, FatDaddy'sPizzeria.com. Before we welcome Cameron Jensen, former BOE great linebacker, I want to talk uh, about another linebacker in the NFL right now. We'll discuss it with Cameron uh, on uh, as soon as he joins us here momentarily. But Fred Warner had himself a night for the San Francisco 49ers. He was everywhere. He was. He looked like Kyle Van Noy in, in college. Now, Fred Warner was a really good linebacker in college. Obviously, he was, he, he was drafted. Uh, his story arc was kind of gradual, though. He didn't just come in and immediately just take over the defense. He made immediate impact, had that pick six, I think, versus Boise State. You could tell he had talent, he had ability, right? But he really became a great college football player and a, a truly impactful every down linebacker his senior year went to the senior bowl got drafted he became a team captain with the 49ers had the the, the green dot on his helmet and since that day um he's continued to improve i i liked 
what's one of the I, I can't remember if it's the play-by-play voice or the uh, or the color commentator during this game on uh, on Saturday or on Sunday night watching the Cowboys take on the 49ers but in essence he said that Fred Warner a long time ago after reading about studying Kobe Bryant right the mama mentality how Kobe used to sacrifice social life to go get workouts in to eat right to take his craft seriously professionally and how these micro movements created macro growth and a great return on investment. Fred Warner has done that. And you've seen his gradual improvement turn to kind of this meteoric rise in the NFL. He is, per some, the best defensive player in the national football field. Some people are calling him a generational football player. The former BYU alum uh, had Emmanuel Acho break down his film. Listen to the excitement. Listen to the breakdown. You're not going to be able to see it, but listen to Emmanuel, NFL analyst, former great football player himself, break down Fred Warner's ability to make plays. Team meeting. Fred Warner's the best linebacker in the league. But why? I apologize in advance for the excitement. These plays have slapped your mama good. Three plays, family. I'm going to show you three plays as to why. The first play is a forced fumble. Three plays. That's all I'm going to show you. Now, what I want you to pay attention to is him disengage with this offensive lineman. Fred says, I own you. I control you. I will release you when I want to release you. No sooner and no later. He sheds this offensive lineman. I'll replay it in slow motion. Get the heck up off me. I got somewhere to be. Now, look. A good player would make the tackle. A generational player would force the fumble and the ball stay in bounds so his team would recover it. A good player makes the tackle. Fred's not good. He's generational. Now this play, the broadcast did not do a good enough job of telling you how special it was. Fred Warner right now is the whole player, which means he is free to read the quarterback's eyes. He's a man. 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 That means Fred is free to read the quarterback's eyes. Watch how special what Fred does is right here. Watch Fred. Okay, what the Cowboys are trying to do on third and two is run crossing mesh pick routes. They know the Niners are in man. They want to make the Niners defenders get in each other's way. Fred jumps the route. He's in front of CeeDee Lamb right here. But here's what's even more special. Dak wants to throw this ball to CD. But Fred stops Dak from throwing it to CD with his body position in front of CD. Look at Dak's arm. He's ready to throw it. Before Fred ever makes the sack, he stops Dak from making the incompletion. Then he transitions, gets upfield, sack. I need that. A good player might get a pass breakup. A great player breaks up the pass before it's even thrown and gets the sack. Fred's not good. He's generational. Okay, this was the interception. Here's why I love this play. All right, so he can he continues. He breaks down the interception as well. One of the best plays, in my opinion, yeah, it was the forced fumble, getting off a block. His ability to engage with a uh, with an offensive lineman that's bigger, stronger than him, and to be able to engage and then pull through and get him off that takes a ton of strength. Um, yes, athleticism, but like the I, I call it a, a, the the pull mechanism. You push, okay. You engage. You pull through. Um, these guys are big. These guys are strong. They're engaged with you, too. To get them off of that anterior panel that they're engaged with, it is very difficult. And then he pursues inside out, rakes the pocket, punches it, Tyler Algier style, and the ball somehow, some way, stayed in bounds. Just magical how that oblong ball bounced 
into the arms of an, another San Francisco 49er defender. So, Fred, generational. But the play that I was most impressed by, I know this sounds ridiculous because all three of these are freaking amazing plays. It was a mesh route. These shallow crossers come across. He jumped in front of one of them, delayed, okay, covers him up. Dak Prescott wanted to throw it. Somehow he's fast enough. He's quick enough. He's like a freaking, like, just a cougar out there. Just nimble and quick. Stays in the passing lane and then... With one step backward, launches himself forward and covers about 10 yards, jumps up into the air, limits, you know, that window of, of, of a passing window for Dak, and then gets the sack on top of it. Just a remarkable play athletically. Instinctually, you, you I mean, some people say it's instinct, right? And, and, and it is. But that is 100. 200, 300, maybe 1,000 hours of preparation right there. I, I mean, he is making the extremely difficult plays look easy. And they, you, you look at his preparation, you look at his mentality, you look at the culture from which he's, he's created within the walls of his home. You know, the, the walls of – well, he came to BYU for a reason. Why did he come to BYU? Barker Mendenhall. I mean – Kelly Papinga was a, a critical part of that, too. Yeah. Right? Well, well by extension, Kelly. I'd say. Yeah, but also why? He loved Bronco. But but also why? He wanted to do away with distractions. And he, he Didn't want distractions. He loved the discipline that Bronco was all about. He wanted that. He, he wanted that he military. He wanted the mon, yes. Mamba mentality. He wanted to create the Mamba mentality there, which is wake up at 4 a.m., get a workout in. You know, go get breakfast, do a stretch, come back for a midday workout. Get another something to eat. Hydrate. Get your vitamins. Do a little contrast. Do some modalities. Right? Then go get another practice in. That's what he wants. That's what he does. He's unique. He is singular. How crazy is it? Now, apart from Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, who is the NFL talking about the most right now in in the league? It's Zach Wilson. It's Fred Warner. And it's Puka Nakua. It seems. Now, maybe that's just my... BYU blue goggles. Maybe it's just, you know, me trying to talk about BYU. But these are three of the most popular names right now in the National Football League. Okay, sometimes it's for good. Most of the times it's for good. Sometimes with the New York Jets organization, it's bad. <laughs> just because it's the Jets, Jets, Jets. No offense. So it's never been about the quantity, I think, of, of BYU football players in the league. It's always been about the quality of of football players in the league. BYU players are built different right now. They just are. And it's something to celebrate. It's something to discuss. What makes BYU different? Yes. But what is it about these young men that attracts, that they're attracted to BYU for? And I, I think you, you pointed it out. They want to limit distractions. They want to work hard. And they want to overachieve. Because they know it doesn't just... It just didn't just come naturally. you got to put in the work in order to reap the benefits, reap the rewards. All three of those guys put in the work, and I think they're receiving a whole lot of benefits, a lot of positive fruits right now. Well, when Fred Warner came in, I was immediately set back at just how mature he was, about how willing he was to take on a leadership mantle, be a front guy, be a guy that gives the quotes and all that. I think a lot of fans, when I praise guys for giving media interviews, of course, I'm a reporter, I like that and all that. 
But to me, it says something about the kid. He's not shying away from attention. He's owning responsibility, and he's playing. He has nothing to hide. He's put forth the work. That's when you, you want to talk to the media, right? Uh, I mean, some guys don't like it, like Taysom. He, he obviously didn't like it at all because we're really dumb and asked him stupid questions. But, but Fred owned it. He, he, he wanted it. He, he didn't back away. You talk about distractions a lot on this program. Fred Warner, I, I could just see him and, and, and what he did at BYU. I, to me, this is a guy that did nothing except football and academics, I, I, I'm guessing. I, I, he just exuded that, just I locked never, in. You know what's interesting? I never heard about Fred having a girlfriend while at BYU. I didn't either. I never heard of I, I, You know what I mean? Like he was dating someone, you know. I mean, social media was – was around, but I, I just never heard of anything. I never heard of him dating anybody. Now, after being in the league for what three years, four years, like then all of a sudden, you know, some more personal things come out, you know, and and so he's dating someone. I think he's married now. So, but like forever, he was just eye on the prize. You know, it was football, and and, and keeping his eligibility where it needed to be. Yeah, I thought he would be a solid professional. I thought he was going to play in the league a long time. I thought he'd be really good. This. No way. Yeah. Where you're talking about the best linebacker in the entire league. A guy that does things no one else does. He's doing things on that field that no one else in this league does. Yeah. And that, that I, I don't think anyone saw that from Fred Warner. I did. Did you? I did. No. Did, did you think? I, I remember when they said, yeah, he's going to play middle backer. I'm like, really? Middle backer? He didn't play middle backer at BYU. Yeah. He's kind of the hybrid guy that all that guy. Can he really take that on? Can he really be that guy? I, yeah. I, I just saw him as. As maybe a situational third down guy, a, a, a really good complimentary player. I thought he was going to be really good, but a middle backer on the best team in the entire league, defensive player of the year. I mean, wow. What's so impressive to me is watch his film from freshman to junior year. And you saw a young man who was extremely athletic, was great in coverage. He was a, he was an overgrown safety playing that flash linebacker position, but didn't necessarily like contact, didn't enjoy the physicality of the game of football. Senior year came around, and he received feedback from scouts, from coaches, because he's coachable. General Guilford joined our show on Friday, and one of the things he looks for is, uh, you know, fit, number one, number two, coachability. Like, you got to be coachable. you got to be coachable. Fred Warner was coachable. He's willing to listen. You can criticize me. Like, have you been around those people that you just can't even criticize? Oh, yeah. All the time. You can't I, criticize. I work in the media critical. Of course, I'm around those people. Yeah, you can't criticize them. Otherwise, they, you know, like they, they get in their feelings. Like there's no criticism. Like even constructive criticism yeah. that comes from a good place. You got to be coachable. And, and and granted, they, you know, not all coaching is created equal. I'll, I'll readily admit that. But you still have to take it. You know, you still have to take good coaching, decent coaching, sometimes average coaching, and and learn how to navigate it. Uh, Fred was has been coachable. Senior year, he was way more physical. And then when he went to the bowl game, the senior bowl, I remember watching it. Like, I remember him being physical at BYU his senior year. Because I remember talking about it on the show. Like, junior, I was like, hey, he's got he's to come downhill a little bit hard. He can't, he's got to be fearless. Can't close his eyes on contact. You see guys, like, I know when you close your eyes on contact. I can tell. I know what the body language looks like when, when you're closing your eyes on contact. He was doing that. All of a sudden, the senior bowl, bro, nine day tore it up he stole the show defensively at the senior bowl and um 
The Niners got a gem, right? The Niners got a great third round. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? you kidding me? I mean, just a steal, a steal for the Niners. You know, congratulations, Felicidades Lynch. You knew what you wanted. You saw what you saw, and uh, and and you believed what you saw. Puka, Puka Nakua being drafted in the fifth round, Fred Warner in the third round. That that's got to play. <laughs> we drafted these BYU players too late. Yeah, is there something to be said about that? Well, undrafted free agents coming out of BYU. How many of them are there that have been in the league for a long time? Taysom Hill, obviously, what much more valuable than an undrafted free agent? You could say that about Harvey Longy. He was undrafted free agent, and he was the highest paid undrafted free agent out of his draft class. No doubt about it, right? Danny Sorensen. How long has he been in the league? Right. I mean. A Super Bowl champion, a really, really good football player, undrafted free agent. Are you kidding me? Right? These BYU football players have been undervalued in these draft classes. Yeah. Even Kyle Van Noy going in the second round, I think you could argue it's undervalued. Look at his – he's still in the NFL. Yeah. Got picked up again for a reason. He's been extremely productive. I mean, I, I mean, the first – I mean, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll hear that argument. I think you could make that debate. You could, you could definitely, you could convince me of that, um, especially with his productivity at BYU. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I mean, he wasn't a honey badger, but like, as a linebacker, he was pretty gosh dang close. Remember the honey badger taking over? Like, we just needed Kyle Van Oyder maybe return a punch or two. <laughs> just put him back there, see what he could do. Did you ever watch his high school film? Really good. Him playing the the, the tight end. Yeah, he was great. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, he was he was tremendous. So quantity and quality now from Sione Takitaki Jamal Williams. You kidding me? Um Michael Davis, once again undrafted free agent. Oh. <laughs> you know I mean shoot. And Sione Takitaki owns the best sack celebration in the entire league. No doubt about it. Tyler Algier. Oh yeah. I mean, For sure. He had a great rookie senior. He's having a solid sophomore season. He, he was fifth round too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fifth round. I think 100 was it 151st overall. I think fifth round. Yeah. Um, it's just great that we can do an entire segment, and we do a lot of segments on BYU players in the NFL. Something we wouldn't have been able to do four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's great for the program. It's credibility. It, it plays. It absolutely plays. Yeah, I mean, you have to wonder with some of these other guys, you know. Um, typically, you want to think that, like, BYU quarterbacks have been valued appropriately, um, you know, with Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall, most recent examples. But Taysom, the injuries maybe. You know, what? What? where would Taysom have gone had he been uninjured? Had he maybe only had that one injury? In 2000 and what, 2012 versus Utah State? Let's say he, he he got away unscathed after that initial knee injury, right? So take out, since 2013, he was healthy. 2014, Utah State had the tib-fib fracture. 2015 had, um, man, what was the 2000? Uh, Liz Frank, Liz Franck. Uh, 2016 was the elbow. And then he tore it up at the pro day with one arm, by the way. Killed it at the pro day, one arm. When I initially talked about Taysom coming out, I compared him to Jake Locker. Jake Locker went first round, 10th overall. I think he probably would have been 
a first or second round draft pick had he stayed healthy. He's that big of a freak. Now, would he have been a quarterback? Yeah, probably initially. I, I mean, I don't know. You never know, right? Maybe they wouldn't have. Maybe they would have viewed him as a quarterback, and then he flames out because he's a quarterback. But somehow, Coach Payton, right? saw something unique in him and said, let's try him out in a number of different positions. Where was Tim Tebow drafted? Yeah, Tim Tebow is another example, right? Where was he drafted? What do you mean? You don't, you don't know when Tim Tebow was drafted? No, I don't. I think he was... Uh, uh, late first round. Yeah, late first round. Late first round. Yeah, yeah. that's probably... That's what I'm saying. That's probably the good comp right there. Because yeah. there were a lot of questions whether T- Tim Tebow could play quarterback in the NFL, and I think those mm-hmm. questions would have existed for Taysom Hill as well. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but, obviously, Taysom, a much better athlete than Tim yeah. Tebow. Yeah. You know, Tim's a little bit bigger. He's 6'3", like, it was probably like 230, 240. I mean, he ended up, I think, at like 250 when he was with, uh, with, it, when he was with Jacksonville, trying to try out that tight end fullback spot. At any rate... Interesting commentary. We'll go to break. Coming up next, uh, we're gonna we're gonna welcome in Ronald Weaver the third. Uh, we had a little bit of a mix up with Cameron Jensen. We'll get Ronald Weaver the third coming up next. This is Cougar Sports on ESP. It's rush hour, and you're heading home after a long day. Now the question becomes, what are you going to pick up for dinner? Ben Criddle tells you what you should pick up and also gives you the latest news that's cooking with BYU Sports in What's Cooking with the Cougars here on ESPN 960. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Criddle broadcasting live from our Les Schwab Tire Studios, leschwab.com. But it's time for what's cooking with the Cougars. Always brought to you by Bowtime Pub and Grub, bowtimepub.com. We're going to be on remote at Bowtime Pub later this week. Friday, Cameron Jensen and I will be in attendance. Should be a fantastic time. We'd love for you to stop by and try out all the delicious food and uh, maybe surround yourself with the beautiful TVs that surround all the tables. It, it is uh it is flat screen heaven. It is food heaven. That's right, championship level grub. Uh, craveable menu offerings are at the heart of what they do. Signature entrees, salads, sandwiches, pizzas, appetizers, and much more. Flavor, freshness, and quality that stand among the best. They are the best at what they do. Bout Time Pub. That's why they're growing so rapidly along the Wasatch Front. We're going to be at the Vineyard location, 568 Mill Road. Uh, that's right over by the Top Golf. Yes, stop by and uh, talk some Cougar football with us. Now, before we get into what's cooking with the Cougars, I told our executive producer, Ronald Weaver III, uh, that if he were to attend Media Madness, that he would have to come back and return with honor. And he did that. I think he was one of the MVPs during the Basketball Media Madness. Uh, Ronald Weaver III is on the line right now. Ronnie, how does it feel to be the MVP? Um, I mean, personally, I guess for your own sake and pride, you could say it feels good. It's always good to go out there and have personal achievements. But Spencer Johnson uh, was our head coach, uh, one of the starters for the BYU men's basketball team. So it's a team effort. Um, thanks to my teammates and thanks to Coach Spencer Johnson out there, uh, the plays he was drawing up in the huddles. Uh, when things weren't going our way, he knew exactly what to say, exactly what to fix. And we as a team were able to go out there and execute. So I would all tell my teammates and my coaches, you know, putting me in the right position uh, to be able to come away with those uh, those honors, um, you know, in the second half. We were down a little bit, uh, but we were able to make some adjustments to what we needed to, and we took those into the second half, and we were able to close out with the win. 
Love it. So Team Team Royal won the game, team, right? Team White. White. No, we're, we were wearing white. Team White won the game, yes. Team White wins the game. Love it. Uh, a, a stupendous performance. What was the stat line? I didn't see a stat line published. They're getting that uh, uh, closed down, but I, I uh, second first half I didn't score anything. I was, you know, you kind of got to feel it out. I was trying to fill out, see what everybody. The blue mm-hmm. team started hot, um, a couple of shooters, so we made some adjustments, um, and we started trapping them, which gave us better opportunities in transition. And I remember one of my teammates like, hey, you got to drive the ball a little bit more. Like, I know you can drive. So I started doing that, um, and I was able to finish the game. <clears throat> I believe it was with um, 10 or 11 second-half points. I got to the free throw line um, a few times, and, was able to have a couple of baskets, a few and ones. Um, you know, I was able to get downhill like I wanted. They started playing a 2-3 zone because um, at the end of that first half, we started hitting a couple of shots, which in a 2-3 zone, which is, is great for my type of play, if you're going to play back off that and I get a high screen roller, if you're not going to step up, you know, if that's what you want, then I can easily attack the paint. And we were able to penetrate the, uh, the paint the way we want it and break the zone. And um, it led to us, I think, uh, finishing the game. It was 31-28. I think that was the final score. Love it, man. Who, who impressed you amongst the media members uh, this go-around for the Media Madness? Oh, absolutely. It has to be, uh, as, you, as you call him, uh, Mitch Big Baller Harper. Mitch came out firing on all cylinders. I think Mitch hit two threes within, like, the first three minutes of the game and then had a two-pointer. He came out gun-shooting and went because we were down 10-2 um, in the first three minutes, and I was like, oh, boy. I said, wow. I was like, no one is waiting. Everybody is coming immediately. Uh, downhill and is coming to coming to play. So Mitch impressed me from the blue team coming out very quick, very fast. Um, and then on our side of the ball, uh, Brandon Despain, man, Brandon Despain went to the free throw line I think five or six times and made every single free throw. Nice. And I, I'm grateful that my I'm grateful that they picked me as MVP. But if I had to pick MVP, it would be Brandon. Brandon did not miss. Um, he also had a couple of couple of buckets in there as well. But man, he was clutch at the free throw line. If he doesn't go perfect from the free throw line, we don't win that game. So. Um, that's who definitely impressed me on on our side of the ball. Matt Biamate had a, a couple of threes. Um, Kenny Cox was out there grabbing rebounds, setting hard screens. So it really was a whole team wide effort with those adjustments that we made um, in the second half of play. All right, enough about you, Ronald, and your teammates. Uh, well, what about the BYU players? Like, I thought this was a fun thing. Like, what was it like interacting with the BYU uh, basketball players that were coaching you up? And what did you learn from from so, some of the guys maybe you haven't interacted with before? Yeah, this was fun. I got a chance. Um, we were doing a drill, and this is just for Cougar Nation, just so they can get prepared for this. We were running the defensive drill where you follow the ball, and I believe I was guarding Ali Khalifa twice. And everybody was telling me, Ron, put a hand up. Ron, put a hand up, you know, because they were going to take a shot. And he hit both threes that he took. And I'm like, guys, my hand is up. This is just a seven-foot guy who is shooting threes and who can shoot them. I'm five foot five, so you can't see me. I'm trying to defend. It doesn't matter how high I jump. It was It was really fun to interact with them. And Seeing him shoot those, uh, there's going to be some guys this year that are going to make some noise. And seeing him just do that, I'm excited to watch him play. Um, you know, because as a big guy, you know, you look at his passing ability. But when he hit those first two shots and we were moving the ball going full speed, I was very impressed of like, okay, this, this guy is going to have a lot to do. Uh, Jackson Robinson was out there giving small uh, tidbits and coaches of what to do. And it was so fun to be able to interact with these guys and pick their brain. You know, Mark Pope came over and said, hey, you know, do you want to run one of our plays with them? They, I'm not going to say the name uh, from their perspective. Like, hey, do you want to run this play? And they were to take us through what they do to see what they're actually doing, running it out there. You get to see how they are, how are they flowing the game, when when coach calls a play, what it looks like, how they play defensively, when they want to trap, when they want to rebound. 
you actually get a little bit of insider, and it's so fun to be able to play with these guys. To listen to what coaches are telling them, Nick Robinson, you know, Cody Seager, Coach Fennell, Coach Polk, um, I felt like I had a little bit more insight of how they're getting coached, and they were passed that on. So it's obviously in a dumb, dumb level <laughs> down for us media members. But from playing rugby, from playing sports, seeing play calls, um, it just brought back the good old days, man, when I was on the field of being able to be coached and see stuff through. Um, and, I, and I knew out of all the people, it just it, they were encouraging me like, hey, be more vocal, you know, you know, do this, do that. Obviously, I have no problem with being able to speak, but I knew as one of the guys who was outspoken, getting that encouragement just from the BYU basketball guys, because obviously they know more than me, and I didn't want to say that, but they just said, hey, bring your energy. You know, this is a time for you guys to be yourself. So just grateful for that. So we had um, we had Dallin Hall, Spencer Johnson, um, Ali Khalifa, and then Jackson Robinson on, on our end coaching. So it was fun to have them. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ronald Weaver III here on ESPN 960. The MVP, one of the MVPs. There were two MVPs. There can't be more than two, one MVP. Who were the two MVPs? I, I, I didn't hear. I didn't hear. I didn't, I didn't hear from anybody else. But I just heard the MVP of the game was me. I did the MV, I did the interview after the game. Uh, very appreciative yes. for it. They, they interviewed you know me along with some of my white teammates. I got like three or four questions in the post game interview. You know me, Ben. I'm a team guy, and I didn't want it to be all about me. I wanted it to be all about my teammates. But uh, yeah, that's what they said. They said because the, the second half performance had a couple of steals in there, um, rebounded there at the end. Uh, you know, obviously got a little bit physical in the air, got a little bit chippy, started ch- uh, chirping a little bit um, at the other coach, Trevin Neal, you know, saying, hey, you're going to miss the free throws. And I got to the line, I think it was, uh, what is it, uh, three or four times, and I made half of them. So it was just fun. It was good. It was all just, it was all good love, and it was good to see that. You know, it was the questions that they prepared for, and, you know, Mark Pope said at the end, he just wanted to give us the insight of how, how you know, difficult it is for these guys to go out there after they, you know, the tiring drills and going out there and playing a full-court game and then what it's like for the basketball players for us to write an article, whether it's good or bad, positive, objective, and how and how difficult that may be. So we got we got both sides of it. It was pretty fun. I'm looking forward to the next one. But I'm kind of nervous now, Ben, because now I have a reputation because as we were getting food afterwards and all after the game, people just kept chanting MVP. So now I feel like there's a reputation I kind of have to live up to. So I definitely have to come back next year. Um, got to bring you and Gurney with me as well. But, yeah, so – I'm gonna have to defend this whole MVP thing that's been going on now. <laughs> the Golden Gurn. I was I was excited to see the Golden Gurn. Well, the, uh, the Golden Gurn's a distant memory, Mongoose. Did uh, how did Double D look? How did how did Darnold? Double, think he's got a du- smooth stroke. Double D double double D looked good. He caught he got a couple of shots off that didn't fall early, but he didn't want defense play. You know, he was saying it early to us, and there was a couple of times uh, where I played defense on him, and I had to. I said, "You're not getting a shot off, Double D. I'm sorry. I'm playing defense." And uh. Uh, he might be a little bit frustrated with me right now. We're at the women's soccer game right now, and he's not really uh, speaking to me. I don't know if that's because his uh, team lost or if I actually was playing hard defense and he said don't do that. He might just be tired. But, um, but no, double, double D played well. He was running up and down the court, keeping up. Like, honestly, I think everybody should run that Marriott in the Marriott Center up and down the court. It's not easy as people think. But, yeah, all the, all the older guys, everybody was keeping up, up and down the court. Um, it pushed all of us. It was really fun. So I had a fun time and definitely going to have to come out next year and you guys are gonna have to come join me it was a fun time 
Appreciate you, Ronnie. Thanks for giving us an update from the Marriott Center on Media Madness, where all the media members went toe-to-toe on the hardwood. And uh, Team White came out victorious, led by our very own Ronald Weaver III. I called it. I knew he'd be the MVP. We talked about a pregame. I said, Ronald, you're going to be the best basketball player on that floor. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Hey, I tried my best. Uh, I was telling everybody, Ben says I can't come back to work unless I unless I do this. So I had to turn it up in the second half. It's not about how you start a game. It's about how you finish and get the win. And, and I was able to, to be a part of some good guys and help my team, you know, get the win, bring that energy in the second half, slapping the court. So uh, just, just wanted to bring some energy that's a little bit different. And Sean was on my team as well. So uh, we were able to close it out. So, yeah. Shout out to Sean Walker, KSL.com. Thanks so much, brother. Thanks for hopping on. We'll see you again tomorrow. Okay, see you guys tomorrow. Okay, bye-bye. All right, let's get into some of the news and notes of the day. BYU football news, obviously, following its bye week. BYU's back in action on the road this week playing TCU in Fort Worth, Texas at M&G Carter Stadium. Kickoff is set for 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN. Oh, wait, no, this, is this is this going to be on ESPN or FS1? Wait a second here. Wait just a second here. This was, I put this in the rundown. And I'm like, wait a second, is this actually accurate? All I did was copy and paste from the uh, from the email that was sent over to me. It's FS1, right? Uh, the or Texas did... Tech game is FS1. Oh, that's right, that's right. Texas Tech is FS1. You're right. I I, I apologize. I, <laughs> I was like, wait a second, is this because I had tweeted about Texas Tech. And I just confused myself. I apologize, guys. Uh, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Uh, so right now, five-point favorite is TCU per Vegas. 72% chance of victory per ESPN analytics. And you know what I didn't ask Max Chadwick? I didn't ask him who PFF favors in this game. Did he did he lead on on that at all? No, I don't think so. I'll text him right now. I'll text him. Who does uh, PFF favor in this game? Action Network predicts BYU playing in the guaranteed rate bowl on the 26th of December in Phoenix, Arizona against Nebraska. That'd be a nice game. So this is an interesting conversation. Now, we're not bowl eligible yet, so don't, let's not put the cart before the horse here. But if BYU goes bowling this year, they're probably not getting their pre-Christmas bowl that they love. How does, how does BYU's fan base react to that? How does BYU react to that? You know, because you're going to be spending your Christmas wherever you go. That's going to be your Christmas. That you're going to spend Christmas at your bowl game. You're you're hoping it's in Phoenix. Sure. Maybe Las Vegas, San Diego's. A, you just hope it's a destination close. So so it doesn't make it a big thing where where yeah you are spending Christmas there. You want it in close proximity. Maybe Texas. I think even Texas is too far. What about Shreveport? No. <laughs> and they want to name opponent. The 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 the, the UAB doesn't play. Mm. You want to play a team from a power conference. That's what fans want. They, they they don't want to mess around with even an SMU. They don't want that. They want a name opponent. That's what fans want from the bowl game, and they want close proximity. I think any Arizona bowl against a name opponent would play really well. So these are the destinations: Shreveport, Louisiana, Fort Worth, no Texas, maybe the Lockhead Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Dallas, Texas, Sir Pro First maybe. Responder, maybe bowl. guaranteed rate bowl, Phoenix, Arizona. That's what they want right there. Versus uh, a Big Ten foe. Yes, you want that one. How about the Tax Act, Texas Bowl, Houston, Texas? Yeah. 
Pop-Tarts Bowl, Orlando, Florida. Oh. Gurney actually just went into the uh, the ESPN 960 snack room and picked up a Pop-Tart. I did. He ate a Pop-Tart. Was, Maybe that's a sign. It was luscious. Could you imagine if we go to Orlando? I'm there. I'm there. December Do 28th. not give the mouse a penny. The 28th. Do Universal. Oh. Yeah, no, I would. I would. I need to go back to Harry Potter World. Yeah. There's no doubt. And do their, great do not give the mouse a penny. No, 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 I'm not. I'm going to go do to it. Universal. Be done with that. Yeah, I'm it's done it's with it's a pox. It, it's, it, it, anyway, I don't want to go down. So, would you rather go to Phoenix or Orlando? I'd rather go to Phoenix. I'm going to put that out there. Let's put that as a poll. Like, just uh, we're not trying to put the. the oh, our our people is going to be Orlando every time. You think? Oh yeah. No, 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 no. Let's see. Let's see. Come on. Now, I mean, it might be close because I think people are thinking about. If you had your. So, so what dates are they? What what date in Orlando? What is yeah, it? Yeah, twenty eight. That's what oh, I'm saying. Oh yeah, that might be a little sticky. Why? Why would that be sticky? Because that, that's like a, a leave right after Christmas. Wow, that might be fun for. That's people. what I'm saying. That would be fun. Yeah, you get to have yeah Orlando's going to win. Orlando's going to win that poll. Whereas Phoenix is closer, you're more likely to probably. See, that's what I want. You're, you're able to afford it. Maybe if you're, you know, that's that's an expensive flight for you and your yeah. family. You go out to Orlando. But I love going to Texas. Anything in Texas. I if I so, didn't live in Utah, so then I, Dallas. We should put the serve for the Dallas Texas. Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. So if you had your, if you had an ideal setting, right? So the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl is in Dallas, Texas, the twenty sixth. It's versus an AAC or ACC Conference USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one of the lower. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's one of the lower levels, right? Guaranteed Rate Bowl, Phoenix, Arizona, Big Twelve versus Big Ten. That's December twenty sixth. Oh, that's sexy. You want that, right? Is the 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 Alamo Bowl? Would you would you, do you want to put that one as a fourth? San Antonio, Texas. That's Big well, Twelve versus well, that's Pac-12. A, that's a really big bowl. That's a big bowl. Yeah, yeah. Because you you know that's what I'm saying. That's December twenty eighth. Yeah, right. It, Let's it, put that one as a fourth. Isn't that the same the 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 second team in the Big Twelve gets to go go the Alamo Bowl? Isn't that? Yeah, I mean you're one? you're up there, right? You're up yeah. there in the in the range. Yeah, that might be shooting a little too high there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, Valero Alamo Bowl. San Antonio, Texas, Big 12 versus Pac-12. Or the Pop-Tarts Bowl, Orlando, Florida, December 28th. Orlando, Florida, Big 12 versus ACC. And Gurney ate a Pop-Tart today. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. Should I book my my hotel room already to <laughs> you're, Orlando? You're already down. I better not hear of you going going to, to the Disney. No, don't, no, don't, no. Don't I've, I've been there before. Don't do it. All I, right. I'd rather go to Harry Potter World. I'm a big fan. I'll probably watch all the Harry Potter movies again before I go out there. You know I've never seen a Harry Potter movie. Yeah, I asked the question, like, rank. I asked all the nerds or the – the. Um, um, I'm, you, a, I'm a hybrid. You can call them nerds. No, I, I ask all – like, because I, I love all these. Like, So I ask you to rank from favorite to least favorite these series, okay? Um, and you can – I guess you could add one if you wanted to – you know, you can add a different one if you wanted to, to – to, to spice it up a little bit. Obviously, Star Wars, the originals, right? Not the original, you know what I mean? Like, not the Disney Plus. No, not, okay, not, not that, that no, garbage. No, no. The originals, the ones that came out in the theaters. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, I throw in Game of Thrones. And you can either add to a fourth, you could do the Star Trek, you could do the Harry Potter, or you could do the uh, the Dark Knight series. The Batman series, or even all the Batmans for that matter. I love all the Batmans. and throw them all together. Yeah, for me, it's always going to be the original Star Wars. Original Star Wars, and then number two? That's tough. 
It's really tough. Lord of the Rings or might, Game of Thrones? Might be recency bias, but it might be Game of Thrones. Oh, you make me sick. Anyway, all right, let's get back to some football. Uh, did we put that poll out there for all of Cougar Nation? All right, putting that together. Uh, BYU is bringing back this iconic uniform co- combo for just the third time in the modern era. Let's get rolling, BYU versus TCU. It's going to be white tops, royal bottoms, with royal trim, with that white helmet as well. Do you like that look, Gene? Yes, that's my favorite look. The royal with the white should always be the look. So white top or which? Like, do you either, like either one? I you don't have a favorite. Not, I kind of like the white top. I kind of like these. Might be my favorite uniforms. And I'm not a uniform guy. I just know what I like and what I don't like. I, yeah. I, I'm not one of those people that just obsess over it. But to me, this is the cleanest. This is the best BYU look. Yeah. Uh, some knowing the foe segment here. TCU's quarterback Chandler Morris is out with an MCL tear. He's going to be out for the foreseeable future. This is per reporter Stephen Johnson out of uh, out of Fort Worth. So got injured versus Iowa State. Josh Hoover will start against BYU Saturday. Is this a good thing or a bad thing, G-Man? Oh, I, I honestly don't think it matters. I don't know much about their quarterbacks, but I got to believe TCU is going to have a, a really good second-string quarterback. And I, I guess it's a good thing for BYU, I, I, but, I, but I don't think it's a huge thing. I think he's Chandler Morris this year, just so you know, has uh, completed 65% of his passes. He's 131 completions on 199 attempts, 12 touchdowns, 5 INTs. Now, versus Iowa State, he had 2 INTs, so 2 of those 5 came against the uh, the uh, the Iowa State uh, in that Iowa State game. Um, so, I mean, he's played pretty well. 45 carries, 249 yards. He's a dual-threat quarterback, 5.5 yards per carry, 3 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, that dual-threat should give some con- – that should lend some consternation. I, uh, <laughs> just look at just look at the last dude. Yeah, BYU's got to be defending better against that. Bywater looks like he's going to play. That, that should help a lot in that regard. This is the thing. So, I actually think it's a good thing. I, I mean, you always want to play the teams at full strength. But – Shoot, I mean, BYU's strength of schedule per PFF, per ESPN analytics, has not been great. It's not it's not the most formidable schedule out there in college football. Now, I think still much is to be determined about how good these teams in the Big 12 are. Um, and I think Arkansas is actually a better football team than maybe some of these metrics is giving it credit. I mean, you took LSU to, to the wire. You're taking all these teams to the wire. You're just losing close games. So it's been a flip of the coin for them. But um, I think BYU coming off a bye week with an injured quarterback, your starting quarterback's out versus TCU. Shoot, man, this is a good thing. This is I'm surprised that TCU is a five-point favorite, quite honestly. I am, all things considered. But as you've mentioned. It seems about right to me. Seems right? Yeah. Just because of home field advantage. Yeah, and I, I, I just think all the variables that they're going to consider and all that. And, it, and again, they, they want to get equal money on both sides of the ledger. Yeah. TCU plays, uh, you know, memories of, of them going to the national championship game last year, history and all that. Then you look at the metrics. The, I, I mean, that's what the pros are going to be looking at, the, the stat we brought up earlier in the show. Wow, TCU lost. Like, oh, but they threw four. They're not going to throw four interceptions. Yeah. BYU's been skating by. I, I mean, the introspective person's going to look at that, and that's where the money's going to go. So, so yeah, I, 
I think it's going to be five points. I think it might go up to six or seven points by the time they kick off. Some Big 12 news per Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports. There has been renewed interest from the Big 12 Conference to add Gonzaga as a basketball-only member. CBS Sports has con- confirmed Gonzaga was valued at $15 million per year over the summer, less than half of the Big 12 payout beginning in 2024. Per sources, it could be uh, now just a matter of negotiation. Do you want Gonzaga to be a part of this conference? Do you want basketball-only teams in your conference? Not, no, I don't want it. I'm sick of Gonzaga. We had our Gonzaga run, all that. Stay, stay out west. I don't need it. I don't want it. Stop it. No. No, I don't want Gonzaga part of the Big 12. Are you more likely to beat a Gonzaga team in the kennel than you are any Big 12 team right now in their respective uh, home court? Is it a wash? Just telling you, man. (laughs) I I think it's great. I I would love basketball-only conference I know most people want the Gonzaga. I I want creativity. I I think this is a value-add to BYU. It's it's a value-add to the conference. I think there's money to be made here. Brett Yormark is thinking outside the box. College basketball is, although it's changing for many for the worse, um, I think adding Gonzaga as a basketball-only school would be for the best long-term. I really do. I think it'll be a good thing, all things considered. Let's put that out there as well as a poll. Cougar Nation, do you want – Gonzaga added as a basketball-only member, yes or no. Putting out all the polls. Look at you, Criddle. Yeah, I want to get Cougar Nation's thoughts on this. That's right. Look, I, look, I, I was, uh, like, let's go hindsight, right? Let's say Brett Yormark plays hardball and says, you know what? Um, we're not going to add ASU and Utah unless they take a diluted share. Which you should have. Yeah, I, I think we're all in accord there. And instead he says, you know what? If you guys don't want to take a diluted share, I, I bet you UConn is going to take a diluted share. And, you know, I'm sure San Diego State would probably take a diluted share. And then, you know, we're going to add Gonzaga as a basketball-only school, by the way. That's what we're going to do. You know what I mean? Like, what what would what would you rather have that? Like, if I gave you those two options, at the end of the day, like, knowing what you know now, would you take – San Diego State and UConn in their diluted form and add Gonzaga over ASU and Utah full-fledged members. If I gave you that opportunity for Brett, if you were Brett Yormark and you had that decision-making power and you could make that pitch, would you have done that? No. And I I know Brett Yormark would have needed the, you know, the collective universities to be backing such a decision, and they obviously would rather have ASU and Utah, but – if you're a BYU fan, would you take the petty route and take the lesser valued brand, the non-regional brands, and a basketball-only school instead? I think some BYU fans are with it. Like, yes, I just want to stick it to Utah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want the personal. The vendetta? Yeah. Per Brett McMurphy, Big 12 seriously considering Gonzaga in 2024-2025, right? So that's the addition. Oh, sorry. Gee, man. Sorry. For the love of all that's holy. For the love of all that's holy. Anyway, um, should be happening here shortly, should be happening soon, Uh, which would join Big 12 and men's hoops and five other sports. 
may accept less revenue initially, like SMU ACC source said, Big 12 not considering Oregon State or Wazoo. Why doesn't the Big 12, why, why don't they want to consider Oregon State or Wazoo, do you think? They don't add anything. Both they, teams. Do they add anything? Both teams have been in the top 25 well, in football well, this year. There's not enough room, though. I, I mean, you don't want to dilute the conference. I, I mean, 16's got to be the backstop, right? You don't want more than 16. In football. Yeah. Because you're adding a basketball-only school in Gonzaga. No, I, you're not adding that. I don't want that. Okay, you don't want that. No. Okay, it's done. All right. FBS schedules. These are the uh, Big 12 kickoff times and TV uh, TV platforms for Saturday, October 21st. UCF at Oklahoma, 12 p.m. Noon, ABC. Good luck, UCF. You never know. I mean, Gus yeah, Malone's been able to shock Yeah, and the Oklahoma is due for a letdown. Huh? You hope so. Uh, Baylor and Cincinnati, 12 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. Oklahoma State at West Virginia, 3.30 p.m. ESPN. Texas at Houston, 4 p.m. on Fox. TCU at Kansas State, 7 p.m. on ESPN2. Texas Tech at BYU, 7 p.m. FSU. That's uh, for the week of October 21st, next week. Uh, BYU football Cougars and the pros, Cooper Cup, on playing with Puka Nakua. This is what he had to say. It's fun being out there with him, his joy and excitement. Uh, he has playing this game. He's just going to continue to get better, which is crazy to say that as good as he's been. We're putting together an article, Gurney and I. Puka Nakua at his peak, Austin Collie at his peak. Who do you draft and why, Cougar Nation? And uh, after this last week's game, maybe Puka is uh, is continuing with his momentum. He had seven catches, 11 targets, 71 yards, and one touchdown on a down week with Cooper Cup in the lineup. So pretty impressive work. But my my response to that is, like, the first five games of Austin Collie's sophomore season, he was competing with targets with Reggie Wayne, who that season had 113 receptions, 1,300 yards, 12.4 yards per reception. It's not equivalent, but pretty close in productivity to Cooper Cup in his remarkable 2021 season. Something to debate, something to argue. That's what we do on sports media, on on the sports radio. Yeah, and you're going to lose that argument every time. Well, there's a lot of recency bias. And so if you like recency bias or you like full-fledged. It's not about recency bias. No, no, that's cheap. It's not accurate. I in the sky don't lie, and Austin Colley was the most Austin dominant was wide very receiver. Good. Benefited from a better quarterback, a better system, established system. So, sorry, I love Austin. I hate it because you're making me – Look as if I'm denigrating Austin Collier, which I am not. I'm elevating Puka Nakua. Tyler Algiers receiving stats in the NFL thus far this season. He's been known for running the ball, but check this out. 21 games in the NFL, 22 receptions. It's a, you know, roughly a reception a game. 26 targets, 171 yards, 7.8 yards per reception, one touchdown. Some basketball news. Uh, telling uh, Vanquish the Foe per Robbie McCombs. Sources tell me that BYU will play Stanford in a secret scrimmage later this month. The two-dub less than 10 days before the regular season starts. Some women's volleyball news. The BYU women's volleyball team swept Oklahoma this past Saturday, three sets to none. Senior Aaron Livingston had 22 kills in the win. The Cougars this season have nine shutouts, uh, shutout sweeps over opponents this season, including three in the Big 12. The Cougars are 14-3 and three overall and 3-2 and two in the Big 12. BYU women's soccer. Tonight the BYU women's soccer team will be in action at home versus Kansas State at Southfield. Time is at 7 p.m. and can be seen on ESPN Plus, the Cougars are looking to get their 11th win overall this season and their fourth in conference play. The Cougars last week went 1-0 uh, and uh, 1-0, winning over uh, the Iowa State uh, women's soccer team 7-0, a blowout. 
and uh, a two-two tie versus Texas. Sorry, one zero and one this last weekend. Um, yeah, so BYU has also also just announced that the game against Kansas State has been sold out. Of course, it has. Uh, men's and women's cross country. BYU men's cross country team is coming off a second place finish at the Virginia Invitational, September twenty third. Junior Joey Noakes placed fourth for the Cougars in the eight k uh, with a time of twenty three thirty oh five. Senior captain Aiden Troutner crossed the finish finish line next in 14th place. A total of five Cougars finished in the top 30 overall. G-Man, is that you waving to me, saying you want to say something? No, no, it's not at all. All right, all right. I'm not going to interject what you're talking about. Men's golf. Today the men's golf team are competing in their first Big 12 match at the hockey Hockley Oaks Country Club. Golf course, the tournament begins with each team in the conference participating in pool play format with a seating based on the Big 12 coaches' ranking. We wish them luck. Women's golf today, the women's golf team are also competing at the Dale McNamara Invitational. The Lady Cougars are coming into the tournament having finished second in the last match. The Cougars will look to get their first team win of the season. So there you have it. All right, those are the news and notes of the day. Always brought to you by Bowtown Pub and Grub, bowtownpub.com. We were going to get Cameron on. We're going to save it maybe to tomorrow, maybe get Cameron on. Manana to talk some BYU, TCU, and talk some NFL. Uh, any other news and notes, though, guys? Anything that we missed here on your Cougar Sports Insider Radio Network? Uh, I can't think of anything. I'm just really excited that BYU is playing TCU. I love the familiar foe. I like that. T- I love that TCU is part of the Big 12 Conference. Maybe some retribution because TCU's won the last four games against BYU, and in pretty emphatic fashion. Mm-hmm. So, so BYU needs to get back on that. Then, then they got to go back to the old days when they were beating TCU. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. I I, I love it. I love that BYU's back playing TCU. This is fantastic. Trivia, when was the last time BYU beat the TCU Horn Frog? I know. When was it? 2007. Where? It was at TCU. It was at TCU in 2007? No, 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 no. It, it, it was at Lavelle Whitaker Stadium. I remember now. your bottom dollar. That's right. Here's a fact. 2008, 2009, 2010, three years, how many combined points did the Robert and I offense put up against TCU? How many? 17. That's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, they had a beat on what, what Robert and I was doing. <laughs> yeah, they feasted. Mm. Yeah, it was not pretty. 2011, they scored 28. Yeah. Robert and I was gone. Yes, he was. Now... He's at NC State. He's a fantastic offensive coordinator. I'm not saying this to Danny Gray Robert or not. I'm just saying they had a beat on him. TCU did just they just understood. What Gary was Patterson coming. knew Doctor and I very very well. Yes, he did. They're averaging right now NC State 29.17 points per game. By the way, that's pretty good. Not bad. I think they're four two four and two right now. Not too bad. Not too shabby. Uh, what's Syracuse right now? Syracuse. Uh, Led by Jason Beck, the fighting Jason Becks, right? The Orangemen—they've been pretty good this season. I know they—I think they—they're coming off back-to-back losses, though. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they just have—they've uh, run into a bit of a wall, if you will. They started off four zero. They've lost to Clemson thirty-one fourteen. They lost to North Carolina forty. Those are two really good teams, though. Yeah, very good football teams. Very good football teams. God, they play Florida State this week. <laughs> Good luck fighting Jason Becks. Yes, indeed. All right, those are the news and notes of the day brought to you by our good friends at Bowtown Pub 
Com. We'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you download the podcast, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Support all of our sponsors. Can't do our show without our sponsors. From all of us here at ESPN 960, have a very good night. Have a safe night. You've been listening to Cougar.